Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends. This is Behind the Pen, and I am your host, Mike Rankin. And today, I have the owner, operator, CEO, the man of the hour with me, Ricky Widmer. Thank you for jumping on with me in this podcast. First of all, I want to say congratulations on 1,000 subscribers well, on I YouTube. Mean, congratulations to all of us, and thank you all for listening. It's we all co- of us. It's because of you guys out there that we're able to bring you these podcasts, and Mike's able to bring you. Behind the pen. I'm going to say what I said when I was on the fast break when it was just Sean and Phil, but if the boss is in town, Mike, is things not going right? That's the thing. Is this the is this the evaluation? Well, you can see me bowing down to you. <laughs> he's and, trying to kiss ass. That's what he's well, trying here, to do. Yeah, here's the thing though, because like I'm coming into this situation, you guys already have this you know mm-hmm. platform, and then all of a sudden a thousand subscribers. I'm going to take all the credit for it. I'm sorry about you know. You said it last night. You said, "Well, I'm well make you it know clear. what, guys, I'm going to take the credit it, for it." You wouldn't be at a thousand <laughs> subscribers if behind the pen wasn't there. But anyway, well, there's a lot on tap. We got going on. We do. We got a new uh, Rick Roll. A new Rick Roll song out there. Give it's it's my new favorite jam. All right, we might have to Rick implement. Astley. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. You're gonna have to listen to it for yourself. What's it called? It's called Keep Singing. Okay, it's fantastic. Oh, it's great. It is. I'm really gonna put good. it in the. I'm gonna put it in the description down below. Okay, you you gotta listen yeah, to that. Because it's great. It, it's a jam. I, I would agree, but I'm also not 46. So I mean, but, you don't have to be 46 okay, to enjoy well, I mean, it. If you like Rick Roll, I, mean, I love it. Or if you're uh, following us on Snapchat, I believe it's on our Snapchat. Oh yeah, or a follow part us of it's on, on Snapchat. Follow us on Snapchat. Go to our go to our Twitter. There's got to be a link mm-hmm. to Snapchat. Most valuable pod, both of them, Twitter and Snapchat. All right, you want to see our beautiful faces all the time, more so mm-hmm. than you do on YouTube. Yeah. So you you might as well, right? Mm-hmm. So what, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, the Bulls hate them. Bears <laughs> mock drafts coming. The drafts what end of April? It's going to be pretty good. What else? Baseball started. I'm really excited because the Cubs are really good and the White Sox are actually winning. So a lot to be excited about in Chicago. But overall, the MLB might be in in line for one of the most exciting seasons we've seen in a long time. So lots of stuff on tap, Ricky. And I'm happy to have you on. But I want to I want to open up with with this Bulls talk because they're going to miss the playoffs. It's almost a foregone conclusion. They're 40, 39 and 39 right now. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I wouldn't mind it because I, uh, like, there may be some Bull fans that say, Ricky, you're fucking stupid, get out of town, but I wouldn't mind if we missed the playoffs. I'm actually rooting for us to miss the playoffs. I'm not going to say you're an uneducated Bulls fan if you want them to make the playoffs. Well, usually it's I say that because... If you're a fan of a team, you would never root for them to not make exactly. the playoffs. But in this situation, uh, it's just this team needs so much, and maybe that chance to get a higher lottery pick 
I, I just need there to be a, so you're saying there's a chance. Well, just, That's what I need. Just an opportunity to be in the lottery is, is better mm-hmm. than getting bounced in the first round by Cleveland. Exactly. So you go, you go from there if you're the Bulls. And honestly, it goes beyond just having a high draft pick because there are problems that just are way past the quick fix. You know, you can't just draft, say, a point guard, which would be nice, and then that would be the final piece to make this Bulls to go over the top because going into the season, there was championship aspirations to start, mm-hmm. and now it's just like a dumpster fire, and you don't know what. You got your best player downgrading the coach. You got Derek Rose complaining about this and that. All the, Pau Gasol, you, you you were shopping him at the deadline, and we had a, I had a podcast earlier talking about my frustration with the Bulls and how they messed it up big time at the deadline because they weren't able to move anybody to get to any kind of substantial value. Now what you're doing, you see this, this is like a punch in the face to Garpax and be like, listen, something's got to be done here. An overall has to be made because you can't just keep going on with this whatever it is. I don't think we need a complete... See, the Bulls are in a weird situation because right now you got to decide... Who is the main? Who's the main guy that's going to lead this team? Not Derek is Rose. it going to be Rose? No. Or is it going to be Jimmy Butler? I'm on the same page as you, Mike. I say Jimmy Butler's got to be your guy. If you listen to the fast break, we talked about in depth about should Jimmy Butler be traded. I was on the side of no, he shouldn't, because you got to build your team around him. And I mean, yeah, it was a it's a rocky first year for Hoiberg and Butler, but the the thing to me is that I'm starting to realize is do relationships ever start off just great right off the bat? Have you ever been in a, not even just a actual like relationship with a girl, but even just a relationship with a friend of yours now that maybe hadn't it started off as peachy keen as you thought it was going to be, or if you came into a job and you were like, oh, well, I hate this fucking whack job who's my coworker, then a year down the line you're like, you know what, this guy ain't that bad. Yeah, I mean, going into a new season, though, you lost Thibodeau to bring in this hand-picked head coach, Fred Hoiberg, and you got your best player, Jimmy Butler. The expectations were too high. Sure, but especially in a rookie head coach from college to the NBA, Mm -hmm. You have your best player already saying, in literally like three, four games into the season, yeah, he needs to coach us harder. There's, like, there have been wrong, uh, there have been wrongs on both sides. Oh, I'm not and giving Hoiberg any credit. No, I mean, with the thing he didn't have any control. The over thing this with team. Hoiberg is, it's kind of, it was, it's a weird situation to come in because Hoiberg has been dealing with college kids, and now you have to deal with Jimmy Butler. I'm going to take Jimmy Butler's comments, the one that you had just said, and I'm going to relate them to something that RG3 in the NFL had talked about when he got introduced as the Browns quarterback. RG3 was like, man, there were things that one of the things I learned over my career thus far is early on in Washington, maybe there are some things that are supposed to be, okay, that's a better conversation for behind closed doors. Exactly. And with Jimmy Butler... Calling out the coach, you don't call out the coach in public. You have that kind of conversation behind closed doors. And to me, I'm looking at an article right now by Nick Friedel of ESPN saying that Butler and Hoiberg confident that they're on the 
same page. Well, they better be because it, Hoiberg's not going anywhere. Well, after the game against the Grizzlies, Hoiberg said, you obviously have to have a very good relationship with your best player. Right. So to me, that's saying, okay, if we take that and dissect it like we do in the media every day— Jimmy Butler's your guy. I'm not giving up on Jimmy Butler by any means. Oh, and I, I can, you can't. And, and I know that people will want to trade him for the possibility of getting draft picks yeah, and only, getting possibilities of yeah, younger players. The only way you trade Butler is if you get an astronomical amount of value in return. But for me, you sign this guy to a max contract thinking that he's going to be your guy for the future and you can build around this this all-star caliber two-way player. But at the same time, it's like, what do you have now? Okay, so it's Jimmy Butler and then Derrick Rose one more season. Taj Gibson, he's got one more season, right? Taj? Yeah. Is, or I is believe this his so. Life? So he's got one more year. The pro- They're going to have to do something. And I think it starts with this roster, and you got to see who you can move to dump salary so you can actually propel yourself into a winning situation. Not immediately, because it obviously can't happen. With what they have. Mm-hmm. So, say, like, you dump Noah, it's as unfortunate as that may sound. Because Noah's, Noah's done at the end of the year. That and, and he's been the Bulls rock, really, mm-hmm. in the locker room and leader and all that jazz, even though his production hasn't been there. You dump him. Well, it's been, I believe it was, oh, fuck. I can't remember who on ES, ESPN Radio, if you're new to the podcast, that's... What I listen to here in Chicago, I'm a score guy religiously. I mean, uh, and it was on Waddle and Sylvie. One of them said it, but it's Joe's locker room. You mm-hmm. want to win the locker room over, you get Joe on your side. And I think it, with him, if we're talking about Joe Keem, he kind of got off to this rocky start with Hoiberg too, and that's why Hoiberg couldn't win the locker room. Same. That's another thing. You know, if he would have handled that situation mm-hmm. differently, maybe he he won some players mm-hmm. over. It could have been an easier transition. You never know. But at the same time, you, we move on from Noah. You drop. You have to find a way to get rid of Dunleavy. You have to find a way to get rid of Snell. You dump some of these guys. You're not going to bring back Aaron Brooks. Well, is Dunleavy going to be around for much longer? He's he got a two-year deal. I yeah. know, but is he going to stick out for that thirty? That for that two-year oh, yeah. deal? Is he going to maybe retire soon? Well, I don't think he's going to retire with a year left. I think he's going to play one more season at the least. Mm-hmm. But... I don't want him on the Bulls if you're gonna, you know, if if you're able to just dump salary and kind of focus on the draft. You gotta you gotta do something to to give Chicago hope that this well, team can be competitive. This team does have it's the Bulls are in a weird situation because there are guys, the mainly older vet guys, Joakim, Derek, Taj, Pa, all of them are it's like, okay, what are we gonna do with these guys? But when you look at the youth of this team, Dougie McBuckets, he's I good. love. Bobby Porter I mean, is good. Uh, Cristiano Felicio is really good. He's been giving the Bulls some good minutes off the bench and kind of making himself, okay, maybe I deserve a little bit more minutes. Portis is going to be a fucking boss yeah, for he's us. Good. Just ignore everything I said when we drafted him last year. But I'm going to throw something out because Stacey King said this today when I was listening to Sports Talk Radio here in Chicago, he brought up the point of maybe what we need to do is everyone is saying with that, let's say it's the 14th overall pick, mm. if we're like just barely in the lottery. Everyone's saying we got to, and I'm one of them, we got to go out and get a point guard. We got to go out and get like, if Tyler Eulis is there, go ahead and take Tyler Eulis. However, 
Stacey King had the point, and he said, what if we just didn't get a point guard? We didn't draft a backup point guard to be behind Derek. We moved Jimmy Butler to the three where Stacy said Jimmy to him kind of is more of a three than a two anyways, feels more comfortable at the three. I can see it. And we go out and get a two instead wouldn't, of a one. Wouldn't mind it at all. And I think that, that, that could also be addressed in free agency if it, if it comes to it. But again, you got to be able to dump salary. You got to be able to move some of these guys who are, are not going to be productive. I, I just, I think, I, I don't know. I think the Bulls have options because like you said, there are some players that we can rely on. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Nico Miritich. I don't know what, what you're going to get out of him in the, you know, in the next few years. Tony Snell's trash. I, I can't stand that guy. Etwan Moore, he can't do anything but catch and shoot off a pick. He can't. He can't do anything. He can't win battles in isolation. You know what I mean. He can't score on on his own. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys. He, at best, I would say he's a bench backup. You know, bench backup, short shooting guard or something. But it's like you need more playmakers on this team. And with you at this point, you just got to let Derrick Rose play out the final year of his contract. Keep Jimmy Butler, and you got to make the right choices in the draft. Go from there. But you know, if they're gonna go sign Paul, resign Paul Gasol like they say they want to. I'm, I think I might cut ties as a Bulls fan. You know what, May, and this is me thinking, okay, I'm thinking more of a college side of it now because I've seen the kids in this, well, right now, the kids that we think are going to be in the draft play out, but hear me out. What if the Bulls, and I'm using Chad Ford's 5.0 mock draft as my source. kind of okay. source for this, but he had at... 14, the Bulls go at Tyler Uless. Uh-huh. Instead of Tyler Uless, let's go ahead with Stacey King. Let's say we're going to move Butler to the three. So that, okay, now let's try to find a hole for the two. What if the Bulls at 14 go with a guy who really went at 16 in Chad Ford's Michigan State senior guard slash forward, kind of a Jimmy Butler-esque could play the guard, could play the three, Denzel Valentine. I would be, I would love that. I would be so down for that, especially since... Um, High IQ. I mean, he's one of the players. He was the reason why I picked Michigan State to go to the championship before they lost to my favorite college player of the year, Buddy Heal. Sorry, I had to mention it on a podcast. That's the Ricky <laughs> Widmer code. But yeah, he's a well-coached guy, plays defense. I mean... In a Hoiberg system, who gives right. a shit because well, we're not point, in Thibodeau anymore, but he'll actually play. Yeah, at this at this point, you just need some kind of signal that the Bulls are moving forward with mm-hmm. this team. Because, like I said, you blew it at the deadline. You 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 stay stuck where you are. You're not getting any better. And if what did, anything, what did they need to do at the deadline? Well, they could. Okay, so they had an opportunity. They had some trades set on the table, mm-hmm. especially with Boston. You were able to get some kind of value for Powell. And Snell, but yeah, okay, Pau Gasol, yeah, that was. If they were, were able to move Pau, that just makes so much sense at the time. And they were like, "Oh, well, you know, now Pau was never expendable." It's like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. How are you not letting this guy be expendable? But then you have this talk that he's going to be. Re- they're going to try and go all in and resigning him. It's like he's like thirty-five years old. What are you doing? Do you have any sense of direction with this team? And I, I'm, I, I'm a little biased because I'm a huge Kirk Heinrich fan, and this. For an office, dumped him twice for nothing. So I kind of <laughs> hate him. But at the same I, I time, I like Captain Kirk too. At the same time, like this, it, time and time again, they rely on their draft picks and they rely on just this fundamental, like 
pieces that they mm-hmm. have, and they don't make any sort of move to Im- improve their their roster at any point of the season. They got yeah. Justin Holiday. That was their biggest splash. Thing. Are you kidding me? Who Stacy King said today has been giving. Some quality minutes. I said, okay, Stacy. Well, uh, Justin Holiday giving quality minutes on the Bulls is like saying, what? Isaiah Thomas is one of the best point guards in the league? Like, yeah, and, and the thing, the Bulls to me have been puzzled. Like, they're always puzzling to me. And the the reason being is I don't know what to do with this team half the time. We get Paul Gasol, and I'm thinking, great. At least we got, like, one of the free. Like, you when you said earlier in the podcast— well, we could that could be addressed in free agency. I have as a Bulls fan, I have given up this false hope right. of this thing called free agency because it never works well, out for us. They never hit on the right guys. And well, you know, it never works out for us. Well, because, the big listen, guy, the yeah. big guys don't come to Chicago. LeBron didn't come right. here. Well, Kevin he, Love, he went Chris to the big Bosch, three. Dwayne Wade. M- Mello fucking Mello, played us like a girl that just wanted to get all, all the Michael these, Kors right. bags from these guys <laughs> before she went back to her old boyfriend. There you go. See, all these all these guys were an option. And Carlos Boozer, now Paul Gasol. These second-tier guys. I'm not – and let me be honest. I'm not comparing Gasol to Boozer. Boozer's it's obviously the biggest It's a very similar situation, bum, though. Bum ever. Because Gasol kind of acted as a consolation to the higher prize in Melo, as Boozer did to LeBron. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like – Time and time again, they use this excuse as like, oh, we're, we've been in the playoffs how many years in a row? That's going to attract big-time free agents. How has that worked out for you? Now they're not going to make the playoffs. Who, what are you going to do with the big-time free agents? And plus, this next free agent class isn't going to be special. So you really got to be able to hit on somebody. Somebody that kind of fits, in my opinion, would maybe be like Nick Batum. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could kind of fit in this team. But you got to, like I said earlier, you got to hit on the drafts. You got to be smart about it. Well, and I mean... To me, the biggest free agent name that's going to be coming Hassan out Whiteside is— Hassan Whiteside, too. Well, Hassan Whiteside, but I'm thinking more Kyle Lowry. Well, yeah, sure. But do you think he's going to— No, he ain't going to yeah, leave I didn't Toronto. Think so. Let's be honest. Like, right. And I have—and like I said, I have lost all fucking hope of free agency here in Chicago. Like, you could say that Jesus is coming to play— and that he's visiting Chicago, and at this point I'd be like, it doesn't matter. He's going to have his own special and go to He'll sign with, like, the fucking Pelicans before he signs with Chicago. It's like, come on, are you serious? Yeah, I hate are it. Are you serious? I hate it. I hate I hate this front office, and I, I'm, I'm really disgusted with uh, the way this season— I mean, a 500 team for the Bulls, that's not acceptable, especially with championship aspirations. Mm-hmm. They're not even an eight seed in a team where half of the Eastern Conference makes the playoffs, and you're one of the— Bottom feeders. It's like, come on. It's like, come on, man. I'm starting to agree with Stacy, and I think that the Bulls may have to. I may be on the bandwagon of, you know what? And I mentioned it was Kyle Ra- Lowry. I meant Demar Demar, DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. Whatever. It's fucking one Same of thing. them. But uh, I honestly think that they need to. Okay, maybe uh, change gears a little bit. They have to. Change gears a little bit, Gonna and uh, That's the only way maybe to get move Jimmy to the three. Draft a guy like Makes Denzel sense. because let's be honest: in the draft, unless we get a fucking steal and we win the draft lottery or get a top three pick, we're not going to get like yeah, Jamal gonna, Murray. Gonna we're not going to get a Buddy really. Heel. And the next best thing at the two guard, unless like a um, Korkmaz falls to us. 
But Corkmans, let's be honest, and he's the 18-year-old kid out of Turkey, <sighs> he, he, he's not coming over right away. There, there's a good chance he may not even come over right away. Denzel Washington would be our best chance. And, I mean, to me, some people may say, but, Ricky, if forward guard, you're just getting the same thing as Jimmy. But, yeah, maybe that may be the best thing to do instead of a Tyler Eulis, who I would love as well. So I'm going to I'm gonna just wrap up this Bulls conversation with, with some final thoughts. Um, I hope this front office is seeing its last few years at the helm because I'm, they, they I'm sick of it. And the relationship they have with Jerry Reinsdorf probably means that they're going to be there for a while. But Hoiberg, if you think he's going to be gone, you're sadly mistaken because he's not going to be. No, he's going to be there. And I mentioned this when the guys on the fast break brought that up, that Hoiberg should be fired. If you fire Hoiberg after one year. They're idiots. Nobody wants it. Nobody's gonna, you're not going to get Luke Walton. You're not going to get David Blatt. No coach is going to want to come to you because they're going to see you as, okay, Thibodeau brought you to the playoffs. How many times do you get rid of him? Hoiberg comes in a year and you get rid of him. Why do I want to go there? Right. And I'm I'm totally with you. So had that work for the Cleveland Browns when they got rid of the Chud. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we have we have some sad, sad Bulls talk that we just went through. And I mean, a high draft pick is probably in question for the Bulls because a lottery pick is always a question, quite frankly. I mean, we got lucky to have the top pick in Derrick Rose, but on the other side of things, say, like, I don't know, maybe a more exciting sport, in my opinion, to handle and watch from time to time is the Chicago Bears, and when they when they get going, it's kind of it's kind of the kid in me just kind of, you know, kind of emerges. Because, <laughs> when they almost have a top five. Well, it doesn't matter. Pick. I don't I don't really care if the Bears are going to be terrible the year before, you know, going into the season. I'm always super optimistic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just always screaming at the TV. You know, this, <laughs> the football is one of those only sports where every single play, I'm like, what, what are you doing? You know, oh, I'm, I'm the same I'm way. sitting there like throwing my remote control but up it, against the wall. But it's red zone and fantasy. Oh, it's the which best. Is, that, oh. Yeah, that stuff's the best. But the Bears, unlike the Bulls, have a certain top, pick in upcoming mm-hmm. in the draft and there's a lot of a lot of routes that they can go especially since in my opinion and I'm I'm sure you have the same even though you're a nasty Vikings fan the the Bears have had a pretty solid free agent you know free agency period so far are we talking about the Chicago Bears or the Chicago Broncos are you are you kidding me because that is <laughs> that is absolutely true but I mean, at the, it's the Chicago Broncos. That's what you're getting. That's what you're I think putting it, together. In Chicago. I, I found it laughable as one of the like the most recent signings that the Bears made in free agency was a former Broncos return man mm-hmm. on top of a former Broncos offensive lineman on top of a former Broncos inside linebacker and Danny Trevathan, who's really yeah. good. So hey, they have these linebackers that came in. You know, Trevathan and and uh, who was. Who was, I forget the Colts middle linebacker, whatever. Mm-hmm. They have this linebacking core now that's 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 solid, much better than Shane McClellan, John Anderson, Christian Jones. You know, so they they did they did a great job addressing that. They did a great job of addressing the offensive line depth and brought in Bobby Massey, big time mm-hmm. right tackle, allows you to move Kyle Long back to his natural guard position. That's awesome. But then that means you can shift. Your focus primarily to maybe the defensive side in the draft because that that part of the draft is or loaded. stay on the offensive side. You could, you could, but and what I'm trying to say is like that all the moves that were made allows them to do anything. Like they could they could draft the best player available, whether it's defensive, offensive. That's fine. 
You know, but I'm just I'm just really excited well, about. I mean, the, the thing I'm, go. the thing I'm bringing up is there had been a certain tweet by a certain Ian Rappaport, and at first, when you see this, it's kind of like you think, well, okay, like there's that one guy who has the greatest fake Ian Rappaport um, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. To where at first I saw it and I was like, okay, is this real? Are we getting punked? I saw the little check mark, so we're all good. Oh, there you go. Here's what it says. Bears drafted a first-round wide receiver last year and are doing their homework on another. Baylor's Corey Coleman visited Wednesday. He heads to Bengals now. Is there is there a uh, a chance that the Bears take another wide receiver? In the first round this year at 11? I, I wouldn't dismiss it. And we had this conversation before that if, if they do do it, we, you know, it's because of their faith in, well, their lack of faith in Alshon Jeffrey and possibly Kevin White. And, I mean, you can never have enough depth in the receiving core, especially what we saw last year when Marcus Wilson was always hurt, Eddie Royal barely played, Kevin White didn't take a snap in his first season, so mm-hmm. you had guys like Mark Mariani as your slot. So... I wouldn't be in, surprised in the slightest to see the Bears choose. But isn't that a reach? Receiver? Isn't that a reach yeah. taking Coleman at eleven? I, I would, unless the Bears want to trade down. Well, yeah, I think they had this uh, uh, Wilkinson in mind to mm-hmm. trade down and, and, and acquire him. But I feel like there's just so much of a need, and that eleventh pick is so valuable. You can really f- grab an, uh, an impact defensive player. Well, I mean, exactly. The Patriots don't have their pick to trade down, right? Because you know. That whole deflate game yeah. nonsense. So don't bring that up to Sean, by the way. But like maybe the Bears are trying to take a page out of the uh the the Dark Ones book and uh Bill Belichick, <laughs> where it's like, fuck it, let's just trade down. I mean, uh, whatever they do, I think it's just gonna benefit them. Especially if like Goff and Lynch are still on the board and there's a team like right. the Rams that want to trade up That's for it. Pick. Or like I mean, we're talking about on the onside kick, we mentioned how teams like San Francisco want to trade up for the one right. to maybe jump Cleveland for a quarterback. Right. Maybe the Bears, if Goff and Lynch are around hand, at 11, yep. they go, hey, you know what? Why don't we try to trade back? I mean, a defensive player would be nice, but we like this kid, Corey Coleman. Mm-hmm. If you and trade they could down trade back too, to get Coleman. and I mean, there there are players that might be available later in the draft, like mm-hmm. Eli Apple, you because know, like there's there's positions of need that would be available for the Bears later in the late picks, so they could double up on the value they get in the first round, and they have nine picks this year, so that's something. And if if you, I think uh, I forgot how many in the top hundred, I think it's like four or something. Mm-hmm. It's really that they have a lot of flexibility, and if you count Kevin White, it's like two first-round draft picks, so it's like, what do you want to do? But at the 11th pick, a guy, I really want DeForest Buckner, but he's not, he, well, all, you know, everything's saying that he's not going to be the available. And uh, another name that I saw that I thought was interesting, name, uh, Ezekiel Elliott was going 11. The running back at uh, OSU. And a lot of people compared him uh, to uh, Eddie Lacy and the Alabama running back, mm. who... I think that, and here's the way I'm talking about Zeke now. I think Zeke has the possibility, and I'm not saying like same runner as this. I'm saying has the possibility to be the next best thing at the running back position since AP. Like he can come in year one 
and have that same kind of a pop season that AP had his first and year. The Bears, even though that they have their three-headed running back monster, Jaquez Rogers. No, you don't take Zeke if you're the Bears. No, I, it, it, you it just, don't. It doesn't fit, but at the same time, it's like best player available, and he's there on the board, mm-hmm. might as well. But I think there's too much of a need on the defensive side that you have to go that route. And a, a name that I'm looking at now, Shaq Lawson, he's this hybrid defensive end outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think he could play in a 3-4 system. At Clemson, he was very uh, athletic, versatile. He gets to the quarterback, and that's what the Bears need. He's also good uh, in, in coverage. So those those things are what the Bears are were lacking big time last year. And you just need athleticism, football instincts. You mm-hmm. lack that. And if they, everything goes to plan, they hit on some draft picks, Bears playoff team. See, now there's one thing that I'm looking at is the Bears at 11. I mean, we were talking wide receivers. I'm looking at Mel Kuyper's mock draft, and he's got, to me it's a shock because to me I think this kid's a top 10 pick easily Mm -hmm. in Vernon Hargraves. Oh, yeah. Oh, if Um, he falls, get his ass immediately. You would take him at 11. Absolutely. Absolutely. He okay. Uh, he can match up against your best other team's best wide receiver. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Athletic. I love him. I, I, love I do the too. Kid. You absolutely grab him he, for a, for a while. For me, he was even ranked above um, Jalen Ramsey. But I mean, Jalen Ramsey. Now it's like you look at him and it's like he is the true to I'm, me number one pick in the draft. I'm a big believer in Hargreaves. I here's the thing though, and. I'll throw it out to you because you're the Bears fan. I'm the Vikings fan. Would you rather have Hargraves at 11 and then something else at 41, 41 I think? Is that your second-round pick, 42. 41? 41, 41 42, 42, around that area. 43. Would you rather have Hargraves and then find something else? Or maybe go with a Leonard Floyd, who's an outside linebacker. A I, I still wouldn't take Corey Coleman that high, but somebody else, mm-hmm. and then a guy like Kendall Fuller that maybe at that 41-42 can play cornerback. I know coming back from that ACL mm-hmm. is his question, but he could be a steal in the second round. I think if the only, I think I'd be satisfied with that scenario if they got a, and I know he's hurt, and I know he's probably going to miss the entire season, mm-hmm. but Jalen Smith in Notre Dame, one of the top Players in this draft, the guy who's just falling because he had the um, did not check out medically at the combine. Right, and who's the uh, UCLA linebacker, uh, Miles Jack? Mm-hmm. If Miles Jack is there and the bull, and the Bears are opt yeah, to take him, he he is rising on. Kuiper has him he, five to the Jags. He's insane. That guy is super talented. So if he's there at eleven, I know he's going to miss a, a large portion of the season. But I mean, you you take that hit because you mm-hmm. have depth in the linebacker position. Then all of a sudden, once he's healthy, it's like, whoa, this core is pretty scary. You know, monsters in the midway. It's mm-hmm. coming back now. Can I throw something out there that's kind of going to yeah, be? Let me, yeah, once just to end that thought. If Hargreaves is at eleven, you him. take him. Get him. I'm going to throw out something, and you're going to want to punch me for this because of. I know that there's somebody on the Bears that this will affect that you about love Cutler? dearly. What if the Bears at 11 say, fuck it, Goff or Lynch is on the board. We're going to go with Paxton Lynch at 11. Well, first of all, <laughs> that probably won't happen because of the value of those two players. But if that if, if that goes down, then all of a sudden suddenly Jay Cutler's going to be on his way out of Chicago. 
Because it's not by his own doing mm-hmm. either. It's going to be by the outside pressure of the dumbass fans who are like, Colors, Colors, the worst quarterback the Bears have had. He sucks. He can't win with them. Bring in this new guy. There, it, that alone is going to be enough for Cutler's confidence to just plummet, right? He's not. Anytime he goes into a game, throws more than one interception, he, all these fans are going to be calling for the backup quarterback. So does that do good for your franchise? Now, if we if the Bears were going to draft a quarterback, they should in this draft, in my opinion, they should to have someone develop under Cutler. But if you're going to spend an eleventh overall pick on a top quarterback, I think there's just too many positions of need on defense to go that route. The way I see it is, and the reason I bring it up was when I was listening to the radio today, they mentioned it, and would I be opposed to it? No, because I hate Jay Cutler, and I I am one of those guys, Rankin, that you guys aren't going to win with Jay Cutler. I bet you... Okay, this is obviously you guys hypothetical. Are not, you guys are not going to win a Super Bowl with Jay But if Jay Cutler, Cutler was the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings... I they would, would I have would, a Super Bowl. They would right not. now. They would not. They would. They would not because Jake Cutler would go to an NFC Championship game, get injured. Here we go. Ride a, uh, Here we go. He would ride he the had bike a torn off MCL. Second he half. couldn't have any. He couldn't put pressure on his knee. He couldn't do anything. Oh, I'm just saying he got injured. Well, how are you supposed Period. to control that? Well, I mean, people blame people you know for getting injured all watch the time. Cutler, watch Cutler emerge over these next few seasons with talented groups around okay. him. Intelligent we'll head see. coaches, intelligent offensive we'll coordinators. Not gonna, when has it happened thus far? Because look at look at the cast. <laughs> I'm t- I am a big time Cutler defender, if you can tell. I know. That's why I'm but you see, you on. see the offensive. You might not want to invite me on in a future podcast. This is the last time, I'll tell you that. <laughs> offensive coordinators, Mike Martz, Mike Tice, who had a preschool playbook. Ron Turner. Oh, well, Mike Tice, all, I know all too well. Well, he's he's he garbage. Was, he was my he he was your what offensive line offensive, offensive line coach coordinator coordinator okay. he was your coordinator no, I he, was he was my a, head coach. he was a head coach when the when uh, the Vikings had Dante Culpepper and yeah, Randy he Moss was my head coach I, I was a fan of the Vikings back in the day I was I liked them but then Mike Tice became the Bears offensive coordinator I was like are you serious and uh-huh. that was paired with uh, I think was that with Tressman no. Oh, that was with Lovey Smith. That's right. Oh, that was well. Oh, those yeah. brutal years. Oh, I couldn't do it. That was Tice it. versus Smith. I, I couldn't do it. But yeah, no, we we don't have to get into it. All I'm saying is, color color can lead this team to a championship. See, I, if they have the talent and personnel around them, which they will in the next few years, and you'll all see. I don't see it. Color's I don't gonna see be it. good enough. You'll see. Maybe he's, he's maybe talented. playoffs, but like I just don't see. I don't see them making the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl with Jay Cutler. As the starter, and agree to disagree. I the thing about and this goes more into the and before I bring that up, I just was looking up the biggest thing that pissed me off about Mike Tice being my Vikings head coach is I loved Dennis Green, and he was the head coach that came right after who we thought Dennis Green. Hey, Dennis Green was a great coach when he was with the Vikings. Talk. But when you look at the quarterbacks that I wanted to mention, right, and a reason why. Yeah, I brought that up to mess with you about Jay Cutler, but now I'm going to tell you why the Bears shouldn't draft a quarterback at 11. And if it's me, if somebody really wants Lynch at 11, you do what you would do for how we talked about trading back. I mean, Connor Cook, if he's there at 41, you take Connor Cook. Christian Hackenberg, to me, CBS has him projected round two, three. Mm-hmm. I lean more towards the three. If I'm he's not, there in the third round, get him. I'm not sold on Hackenberg. Cardell, I'm not sold on. You don't like Cardale Jones? 
I, I don't. He's I, athletic. I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think Playmaker. he's going to. I don't think he's going to have the head on his shoulders that he would need to be successful in the NFL. Dak Prescott, to me, I. This is going over no basis of like mm-hmm. stats or comparison. Sure. I think he's going to have a similar career as Colin Kaepernick. He may come out, get drafted to a team where he can be like the backup and then kind of flash in the pan, has a great season, and then just fizzles out. I just like that. Could it absolutely happen. The guy I really love is the guy out of Western Kentucky and Brandon Daughtry. Mm. He's the guy oh, yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good things written about him, too. And he's a guy that fifth, sixth round. Absolutely. You could come in, even a guy like Jeff Driscoll, who you can get in the seventh. These aren't guys that come in and change the franchise right away. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying these are guys I that you can look at. Yeah. And if the Bears go ahead and draft, let's say, like a, Daut- a Daughtry at five, or even like a Driscoll at seven. That's a quarterback move where Jay Cutler doesn't right, feel any exactly. pressure. That's a very good point and very well put. I think the Daughtry uh, point, you nailed it. I love him. I think you nailed it. In the fifth round, he's available, absolutely. It just makes too much sense for I, the Bears to take him. I love him. Unless you're going to try to trade for Garoppolo, but Garoppolo's, he, he ain't going anywhere. Right, but right. Uh, that the Patriots love there. But, you know, the Bears, because of their offseason— are in this position where they can do so many things. And because of the amount of draft picks they have, there's at least legitimate reason to believe that they could put together a pretty solid draft this year, especially with Ryan Pace hitting on so many last year. The NFC North could be the best division. It's going to be competitive. It could be the best division in football with only, well, I'll say best division in football. And the reason, the reason why is the Packers are coming back to strength with uh, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. You have my Vikings coming off, free agent, by the, way, coming off the, uh, the divisional win the last day of the from season. last year and riding the momentum. Zimmer's got the boys playing well. He's built that defense. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to get Teddy a fucking wide receiver yeah, you know, to throw the ball to along with Stefan Diggs. I think as long as Teddy Bridgewater is the Vikings quarterback, I think the Bears have a leg up on him. That's just me. I don't think so. As long as they're, as long as, well, if, if the Bears are as good as I think they will be in 2016, I'm not really afraid of the Vikings. You ready to crown their asses? The Bears? Yeah. You ready to crown their asses? I could, but I got to wait until after or this draft. Or are they who we think they are? But yeah, the Bears, but the Bears, <laughs> Realistically, I Realistically, though. The Bears, though, I do think are going to be better than they oh, were yeah. last year. And it's going to be, to me, the two divisions to watch are going to be the NFC North and the AFC South. Because Jaguars, baby. The, I will look at that division. It's similar to the NFC where the Colts are kind of like Green Bay. They're getting their giant back. They're getting Andrew Luck, who uh, Coach Pagano came out, I believe, today and said that Andrew Luck needs to quit playing the quarterback position like a linebacker, which I say, Pagano, Shh. get the fuck off your high horse. Andrew Luck, the reason why I love the guy so much is he'll take it, he'll run the ball, yeah, but he's take always it, getting hurt. He'll run the ball, take a hit, and then get up and compliment you. Hey man, that was a good I hit. Know, yeah, no, that he's was a he's good great, hit. He's man. a great guy, great football they're player. They're like they're like the Packers getting back the injured star that they're blaming their last season on. Mm-hmm. You have the Texans who well, the, made the di- who yeah. won the division, got better with Brock the Cock as their quarterback. <laughs> 
they're kind of like the Vikings in this sense. And then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who could be like the Bears, making some moves, going to make some more additions at the draft. Mm-hmm. And they could be, they're like the Bears. They're that wildcard team. And then you got the Titans and Lions, who nobody expects them to do well, but they'll be there. You look at the NFC, though. And you look at the competition, it's like the NFC East was a wildfire last year. I mean, you had the Dallas Cowboys with four wins in December, and they were still in it, you know? And they had they had they were up against the Giants, Eagles, Redskins. The NFC East has just the NFC East has turned into what the NFC West used right, to be. Right. Um, nine and seven won that division and got to host a home playoff game, which was I don't know. That's a I mean, different it's still that's a, a different conversation. It's a little better than seven and nine yeah. still. Yeah, but realistically, how many contenders are in that division? And then you go down to the NFC South, the Panthers are just going to be, you know, the rock in the mm-hmm. NFC again. Uh, the Falcons kind of overachieved last year. The Saints, they're, I mean, you never know with them. The Bucks, they're improving, but a they just of, went over in over A lot of question marks. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You have these comp- you you're realistically in a competition with a handful of teams. Mm-hmm. Why not the Bears? They 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 are No, my, I I'm they seri- could be in the middle of it. I'm seriously thinking the AFC South and the NFC North are going to be the two divisions I to look watch. at it and I think even the Lions even though they are Lions mm-hmm. it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season. It will. That's all I'm saying. But you know what? I'm all full of optimism with the Bears, you know. But as the baseball season begins, oh, I I'm in. I'm in full. Baby. I love it. Baseball. I love it. It's it's the best. It's really it's, it's it's great. I'm watching Texas play, you know, and it's like super bright and sunny. And I look outside my window, <laughs> and there's sleet on the ground, and I hate my life. But it snows for like ten minutes. It's and unbelievable. Then, uh, and you know, and you got gone. you got the MLB opening up in Cleveland because they're idiots, and it's ten degrees on opening day, and they have to mm-hmm. cancel. But overall, I mean, you have this influx of young talent just taking over the league. And people like Goose Gossage was saying, oh, they're they're destroying the integrity of the game. It's like, what are you talking about? Shut up, Goose. These bat flips and and, uh, this emotion and these personalities only make it better. Now, you know what I do have a problem with? Like, I I had no problem with Jose Batista, as uh, Tim Kirchin would say, (laughs) but I did have a problem with that slide. I had a problem with that slide that he did. Where the one that if you missed it, right. in the, was it their it third was, or second game against the Rays this yeah, season? Yeah, and it was uh, late in the game, trying to break up a double play, kind of slid late, was kind of inside the bag trying to disrupt well, the it throw. It wasn't just he slid it, he was taking that whole entire arm mm-hmm. and trying to like flick his leg up. Right. And it's like, come on, Chase. I thought Chase Utley <laughs> played for the Dodgers, not the Blue Jays. Well, that's that's one of the, you know what I don't know. They they implemented these rules, and I was a second baseman, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of biased for the fielder because they took away the the neighborhood play, which kind of pissed me off. Because how you know how are you supposed to stay on the bag? It's just as a player that kind of bothered me because it's very hard to just stay on the bag mm-hmm. as long as you could, and then you know having a guy bearing down on you, 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 the neighborhood play is beneficial for not only the game, but it's, it's safety of those players. Explain it for those of us so who the neighborhood are play, oblivious. So they would, the second baseman receives the ball or the shortstop, and as long as they're in the vicinity of the second base bag, they don't necessarily have to be like a first baseman and stay on there oh, okay. as they receive the ball. They could just catch it and all in one motion okay. you know, make the play. As long as they're in the vicinity, they're going to call the guy out. And that, especially with, the rule before the change with runners bearing down on the on the fielder, they were able to avoid slides 
much more effectively. But mm-hmm. now that the rule states that you have to slide directly into the bag, you can't take a course like Bautista did, and that's the reason why they made the call. That that you know, it's 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 changing the game, and I think it's. I think it's a positive thing that they took away this dangerous slide because we saw what happened in the uh, NLCS with Tejada and Utley. That w- or I'm sorry, in the NLDS, and you know you want to eliminate that play, but at the same time the neighborhood play. I don't know. I think you're in, still endangering the fielder there, but that's neither here nor there. I think that's just one of the kind of the minor changes that the MLB made. But what the biggest change that I'm seeing is just the overall increase in talent. Especially with guys like Bryce Harper, just he's like 23 years old. Acting. Don't forget about uh, Story in Colorado. Oh, I'm getting to him. <laughs> Bryce Harper, 23 year old, being the, pretty much the face of the league, along with Mike Trout and Carlos Correa emerging as well. So it's one of those things where these young players are just taking over, and it's kind of refreshing as a baseball fan because it, it brings more excitement, and it could mean that this is the most exciting season that I've seen since I don't know. I've been watching the game. I just I, I'm really excited about this baseball season because you got guys like Trevor Story making his major league debut, three home runs in his fir- or four home runs in his first three games, unheard of. First player in major league baseball history to do that in his debut in his first three games. And then you have Big Poppy on his retirement season mm-hmm. hitting home runs. You know to start the year, Robinson Cano coming back hitting four home runs and you know, all four of his hits have been home runs. So it's just it's super refreshing to have baseball back and it's awesome to see that all these young players are. Are doing well, guys. I didn't even mention the Cubs and what they have. So. Oh, don't worry. I was going to get to the Cubs, and to me, it's I, the baseball season for me has usually been okay. It started okay, but I've got basketball and I've got other sports that I can kind of focus my attention to, like football off season, because that has been more important to me than opening day. Like last year, it was. The opening day on Easter, Cubs, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I was at then game. I fell off. And it always it's like I'll pick up around June, July. Yeah. After the finals are done NBA finals are done. And but this year it's like coming on strong. Cubs win two. I'm fucking that, excited that I think the Cubs a lot have finally won two the, in a row yeah, to start a season. Especially in Chicago, the interest level is there because the White Sox Our teams are finally de- like the Cubs are good. The Sox look like they may be decent. Well, yeah, the Cubs just came off a 97 win season well, in the yeah. LCS, and they made more moves in the offseason to suggest. And this they, looks like a team that's not going to be a false promise like they've been in the past. Sure, and the White Sox too made moves to improve their roster much mm-hmm. more than they did the year prior, and they're exciting. They're two and one to start the year, so or three and one to start the year. So that's I think it's just an overall positive thing that both teams are good in Chicago, but as a whole, and you look at the American League, and there are teams stacked. Like, each division is stacked with competition. I mean, it's just a total toss-up. For, You're talking about just the Centrals? No, and I'm saying in You're the American talking, League, okay. period. There are so many teams throughout each division that could, quite frankly, win the division. The East was hard for me. Yeah. To I'm, pick Because I, I, I eventually sat on... The Blue Jays, right? But there was a part of me that I'm like, I kind of want to pick the Red Sox, and you to can maybe... throw the Yankees into that conversation mm-hmm. too, especially if Starlin Castro plays like he has been. He's unreal so far. Well, and for now, let's let's see if he cools off like he used to. Uh, well, that's you know, I'm rooting for him. You know, I'll always love Castro. You know, it was really great to see. It was really great to see Zach Granke get all get this fucking up. money in the off season. 
and then get lit up by the Rockies. Four innings, yeah. nine hits, seven runs, all of them earned, and only two strikeouts to three home runs. Yeah, that's that's a team that in the Diamondbacks that I want to see fail because they just, well, first of all, I think their front office is a bunch of just idiots, and they mm-hmm. dismiss the fact that sabermetrics play a role in players' success because they do things the old-fashioned way that they like to call it, but they traded their top shortstop for... You know, Shelby Miller, and now Shelby Miller gets lit up in his first start as a Diamondback. And, I mean, they expect to compete in the NLS, but I hope they don't because I can't stand the Diamondbacks and their stupid-ass jerseys that are new. But, <laughs> you mean the bloody sock jerseys? Yeah. And if you're, if you're sitting there going, but Ricky, uh, what was—the Diamondbacks did get the win— when Miller pitched. Yeah, because the Rockies are the pitching staff is just but, a bunch of nobodies. Well, but that's because Miller didn't get the W. Miller went six innings, eight hits, six runs, all of them earned. Two strikeouts, three home runs. Huh. <laughs> Same as uh, Granke in game one. But, I mean, to me, it was just nice for me. I know you said the Diamondbacks both ways, but just seeing Granke get lit up. It's yeah. like you left mm-hmm. L.A. because you fucking wanted the money. Mm-hmm. And look at what happened. And uh, I want to go back to what I was saying about the competitive uh, American League. Mm-hmm. It's like, you look at the East, we were talking about three teams could possibly win. The AL Central is literally up for grabs. Anybody could take it, even the Twins. I mean, right now, that I mean, it's early, but right now the uh, Tigers lead the division. Well, yeah, I the Tigers, we'll, we'll see if that lineup can carry them because they're, I'm not really sold on their rotation, but I don't know. I, I think it's well, still the Well, you mean their rotation without David Price. Right, and, and I mean, that's a big reason why yeah. I kind of wanted to pick the Red Sox in the East. Maybe not even to win the division, but to for a wild card mm-hmm. because just solely because of the addition of David Price. Yeah, but but beyond him, it's like you got to count on Porcello mm-hmm. and Buckholtz, who are just who were well. Buckholtz was bad, was good if he mm-hmm. when he was healthy, but Porcello was just straight trash, and they gave him all this money, which was kind of comical to me. But I was a guy who wanted Porcello to go to the Cubs, but. Now that you know he he signed this huge contract, but he's totally underperforming. But in the AL Central, totally up for grabs. We don't really have to go in depth about it because we yeah. talked about it enough. AL West, but uh, really a three team race. The Angels kind of suck. Uh, the Mariners are in it, I think. But I think it's just going to become they're in it for now. I mean, you talk about. Um, but yeah, you were talking down to the Rangers and you Astros. were talking to me before the podcast about how this has been a. Just season of first so far. Right. What about the fucking uh, weird um, situation that happened in King Felix's start? How he lost that game by only giving up. Oh yeah, what was it? one day. run. He gave up, he one, gave hit, up one hit. And they lost and uh, gave up those uh, three to two or runs. It was. To, yeah, they lose three to two, and he gave up the one hit. Mm-hmm, the blooper. Three runs on one hit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's That's because baseball. he he walked a ton of guys. Sure. And, what, did he walk five guys in that game? Yeah, it was not uh, it's not his best outing. It was, but you look at one hit and you go, huh, yeah, he it's didn't do good. that bad. And they uh, they only lost three to two, but, I mean, that was a first. We've got Trevor Story, and what was Debuting? it? He's oh. got the home runs in four straight games. Yeah, no, he's the first player in MLB history to homer, uh, to homer in his first three games as a Major League Baseball player. But another first, you got Kent, Kenta Maeda, the, the big-time Japanese uh, starter, the Dodgers signed, who mm-hmm. is, looked really good in his first start, but he homered. And this, I'm talking, this is a guy who spent his entire career overseas, first start seeing MLB pitching, he hits a home run, mm-hmm. and then he also shuts out the Padres, who look terrible. 
but still, I, that was just so crazy. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> this stuff doesn't happen, you know? It's just so many weird oddities that started the season in baseball. It's just so exciting to have I'm it back. I'm excited. I, oh, I, I, think, I honestly think this could be the best season that we see in baseball and, for yeah. some time. And a lot has to do with the competitive American League, and it also has well, to I do— Well, I mean, with, you're talking a lot about the American League, but I but, mean, and then the, the National, National League, League like they have, the Pirates, like I didn't expect them to be 3-0 to start the year. Or even the fucking Red. Well, okay, the the Reds played the Phillies. Let's be honest. Yeah, the Reds are. But range. I mean, the Pirates played the Cardinals. No, yeah, the I, Card- picked, the Pirates I picked the Cardinals really to win a wild card. And I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's still early, but I mean, I feel like the West is going to be Giants. Th- well, the Giants are going to end up winning it. Let's be honest. But the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, if the Rockies play like they did against the Diamondbacks all year, we can have a four team race there. And the Nationals under Dusty, well, right now they're good, but let's wait till later mm-hmm. in the season when all of their arms are dead because mm-hmm. that's what Dusty Baker does. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Mets, and I, I feel like the least competitive division will be that East. Yeah. But, I mean, still, you got to give some credit to the Marlins. We'll the, see. I would we'll say, see. though, that in the National League, there are nine legit competitors, and I include the Marlins only because— I would say they're around God, I 500. Just, I just hope my Cubs win it all. They And I think they will. I think they have I enough. Hope. I think they will. I hope. But compared to the American League, there's like, I would say like all of them are, mm-hmm. are very good. So 15 out of 15 in the American League compared to 9 out of 15 in the National League. So 24, 24 really good baseball teams this year. That's going to lead to a lot of exciting stuff. No, I seriously, I can't wait. This, this has been... The first baseball season that I've been excited for from the get-go. And with that, I want to thank Ricky Widmer for joining me on the Behind the Pen once again. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Most Valuable Podcasts, and also follow us on Snapchat and on Twitter. We're at Most Valuable Pod. It's a lot of fun. You guys, it's it's new. We should do it. You should do it because I'm doing it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rankin906. You can follow Ricky at Ricky Widmer. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.